I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I'm continuing the conversation we started yesterday on envy, but first today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I am working from home, which means I'm recording this episode on my couch wrapped up in a cozy blanket and happy about that. My thorn is that I had a podcast episode that I recorded yesterday. It was yesterday for me, probably not yesterday for you, but I had half of it cut off while I was recording it. And then I had to re-record the whole episode because before I realized it cut off, I had recorded the whole thing. And then I found out that the second half of the audio was not as good as the first half of the audio, but like nothing had changed on my end. So it's just like a weird anomaly. Like audio is so crazy to me. I don't quite understand it. Like how one scenario can produce completely different results. But so yeah, and daily podcasting means that sometimes just weird audio is going to have to happen because we don't have time to re-record it before it goes up the next day. So I'm sorry about the episode that had strange audio if you heard it, but yeah, we're getting it. We'll figure it out over time, I'm sure. The bud is that we are going school supply shopping today. When I was a kid, that was like my favorite thing ever to like go figure out like, who am I going to be this year? (laughs) Like, what's my vibe? So I'm excited to get to go on a little family trip to Target and do that together today. So today's episode is one that was requested by one of our regular listeners. It's really all about thoughts on how envy shows up for each Enneagram type. Now I'm looking forward to diving into that conversation, but I do want to distinguish the difference between envy and jealousy first. So envy is when we want something that someone else has, right? Thinking that something that they have, if we obtain it, would make us feel the way we want to feel. If I had their car, then I'd feel happy. If I had their job, then I'd be content, that kind of thing. Then jealousy is when something we have is threatened by a third party. So maybe that's our relationship, our place in the social order, or or even our happiness, when we think someone else could take that away from us. So I just want to be clear because sometimes we use those terms interchangeably, but in my opinion, they're actually very different things that require very different inner work. So I want to talk specifically about envy today, what each Enneagram type may see you have that they would want in order to feel the way that they would like to feel. It's kind of like envy is this belief that there's a magic pill that would solve our problems. And I want to kind of explore what we think the magic pill would be for us based off of our Enneagram type, because obviously it's not going to solve their problem, but there is likely a small adjustment that could be made that could support them. And I want to kind of give one little tip or trick to do that as well. So we'll start with type one. So what I, I also want to be clear when I thought about this, I'm really just thinking about DMs that I've received workshops that I've hosted or attended, conversations I've had with different types. I don't really have like a full study around Envy and the Enneagram to give you like a definitive, like this is definitely the pattern, but this is just the pattern that I have seen. The resentments that I've seen kind of arise or the notions of like, if I had this and I'd feel this. 
So I just want to be clear that I can't guarantee that this is going to relate to everybody. And obviously, every single person of every single Enneagram type is a unique, precious flower who's very different from each other. And so what might relate for one person is not going to relate to another person. So I just want to keep that all in mind. But for the sake of today, let's talk about envy for type ones first. So our type ones may envy other people's freedom to be spontaneous. So they might look at you at having kind of free time, feeling really relaxed, feeling like you can just let something go or release the pressure to kind of constantly be improving, constantly be responsible, constantly be paying attention to every single detail. With that being said, the the focus of attention can sometimes look like resentment, right? It can feel like, oh, how dare they do this? But what's underneath that is actually, I wish I could do that, right? This frustration with your spontaneity, your freedom, your willingness to break the rules, it kind of appears as frustration, but underneath it is actually kind of the sense of, I could never do that. And so how dare you do this thing that I feel like is not okay for me to do. The kind of tip I have for our type ones is to infuse your life with more spontaneity, infuse your life with a little bit more joy and play and play hooky every once in a while. When you start to notice the sensation rise up in you where you feel frustrated by other people not doing what you think they should do, you can kind of pause and ask yourself, what would feel really frivolous and joyful for me right now? And how can I let myself have that? All right, so let's get into type two. So type twos may envy other people's relationships. They might look at someone else's relationship and think that they have it figured out, that they've solved their problems, that everything feels really good, that the person in that relationship always feels wanted, always feel loved, always feels appreciated. Now, the reality obviously is that every relationship is great and every relationship sucks other than like, you know, every average relationship. There are of course relationships that are, you know, need to end and are abusive or just toxic and not supportive and need to end. That's very real. And most average relationships where people are generally happy and committed, they also suck <laughs> because when you're in a relationship to someone, you have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of ego work. There's a lot of unmet needs. There's a lot of having to advocate for yourself that has to be done. And it's, it takes a lot of work and a lot of focus and can be pretty difficult. And we don't see that in other people's relationships. We just see the good parts that they decide to share with us. And so if we're focused on kind of comparing our relationship to someone else's, we may think that they have it better than we have it. The way to kind of work through this is to think about the good that is in your relationship, because the truth is that if you're in a healthy relationship, if you're in like a, if you feel like, you know, this relationship is mostly good, it's just not always my favorite. It's not always perfect. We can focus on just like, what are the 10 good things about this relationship today? And then do that again tomorrow. Do that again the next day until you find your equilibrium with just being grateful for where you are. Because the truth is that every relationship has difficulties, but also every relationship has something beautiful that it brings into our life. And if you can't think of 10 good things about your relationship, then you might want to ask yourself why you're there. But if most of us can, right, if you're in a relationship that you're really committed to, 
you probably have 10 good things that you can contribute to that list. And just keep that kind of focus of attention because when we put our attention in, if I could obtain the relationship that someone else has, it prevents us from fully absorbing, fully appreciating the relationship that we are in. And that creates a dynamic where no one's ever satisfied. No one can ever be happy because we're not satisfied. The part, the person that we're in relationship to feels like they can never satisfy us. And then we're kind of in constant, like a constant cycle of disappointment and resentment. So focus instead on what's going really well here and what can I appreciate? What's unique about our relationship that I'm glad is here that I don't see in other people's relationships. All right, for type three, I have that envy could show up about other people's career goals or like kind of what they're doing with their work life or their finances or their looks. Like kind of like these more obvious successes that our society deems appropriate. Now for our threes, it's, I think it's important that we talk about that the three focus of attention towards success is going to be different depending on the world where the three is in. So meaning if our three is a lawyer and they're like highly focused on their job as a lawyer, then that three focus of attention of being the best is going to focus more so in kind of that culture but if our type three is an environmental activist, the energy is going to go toward environmental wins. So someone who's having like a lot of success in their activism career, their, their work as an activist, the three could kind of focus their attention on like, I should be doing what they're doing and focused on what they're focused on instead of kind of doing my thing and focusing on what I'm doing here. And the same thing for our threes who are focused more on a physical appearance, they, you know, not all type threes are workaholics. Some type threes kind of focus that attention on how they look, you know, becoming what they call like orthorexic, like focusing, like limiting their eating, over-exercising, kind of focusing on like clean eating as an ideal. Like orthorexia is kind of a pretty extreme version of that. But then there are versions of that where that's maybe they don't, they don't have full on orthorexia, but they feel like they're supposed to, they feel like they're supposed to be going that route. So just keep that in mind that whatever kind of world our three is in, if they're in an activism role, then they're going to have, you know, they're going to feel like I need to be more zero waste than other people. If they're in a career kind of position, they're going to be focused on how do they climb that ladder. But if they could also be focused more on how they look and how they appear to other people. So that being said, the envy is going to be different based off of the world that they're in, but the envy is always going to be kind of who's ahead of me, who is further along and getting more of what I think I'm supposed to be doing based off of being the best in the circle that I'm surrounding myself in. Now, the tip for moving through this is to focusing on lifestyle goals over accomplishment goals, meaning instead of saying, I want to be a, make a million dollars a year by 2022, you say, I want to feel financially stable in the next six months because that can look different, right? That doesn't, that's not as competitive. It's incomparative. It's more so actionable and feeling based. The same thing applies to, you know, we think about appearance instead of thinking, I want to look X, Y, and Z. I want to have a certain measurement instead say, I want to feel this way in my body. I want to 
eat this food because this food makes me happy and tastes good. Or like, you know, instead of saying like, I want to be completely zero waste by 2022 can say, what are some tweaks that I can make to be more environmentally friendly here and now that would put me closer to where I would like to be. So think less of like you have these like giant achievement-based goals and accomplishment-based goals, but instead think about how can I change my lifestyle to feel the way I want to feel. All right, type four. Type fours may envy other people, period. <laughs> but seriously, like what they're looking for is what other people have that the four thinks they need to be complete. So if I had a college degree, then I would be complete. If I was married, then I would feel whole. If I had this kind of wardrobe, then I would feel like I was myself. So this is kind of how the four, the four is the main kind of focus of attention for four is envy. So that's why I say they may envy other people kind of period because the four type structure is built specifically kind of around envy, around thinking that there's something that they're missing that other people have that they need. And if they had it, then they would be who they really think they are supposed to be, like some more significant than they feel. And so envy is a particular, they, fours all have some relationship to envy and some relationship to suffering because of envy. And the work really, in my opinion, for fours is to just start taking action, trying stuff, being more comfortable with being bad at things initially. So I think a lot of times this envy comes with the belief that other people are starting out as significant and they haven't kind of like trudged through the mud of being bad at stuff or being average at stuff. And instead they just kind of like woke up one day as like a great writer and the force kind of waiting for the thing that they're supposed to have that's going to make them who they think they're going to be. So they're kind of waiting like, when do I get to be a great writer? But we don't just wake up one day a great writer, right? We become a great writer because we show up every day and write. And so the four really just needs to learn the comfort with being bad at things and then being average at things and then getting good at things before they become significant at something. And that comes with taking kind of daily mundane action toward the things that they want to do. All right, type fives may envy seemingly endless resources of time, money, or energy. Fives focus of attention, one of their focuses of attention is in kind of hoarding their resources, kind of making sure that they are never without money, making sure that they're never without energy, making sure they're never without free time. And sometimes this can even look like getting by on as little as possible so that they don't have any needs so that they don't have to ask for anything or be supported by anyone. But also it can just look like focusing their energy and kind of putting their focus of attention on how can I guarantee that I'm not going to be depleted, that no one's going to come in and take from me, that I'm not going to lose all of my energy, lose all of my money, lose all of my time. So when you see someone who has boundless energy seemingly, or who has just kind of a never ending flow of money or a never ending flow of time, it can feel like, how are they doing that? And I think the tip here is to consider that they're sacrificing that if there are things that you want to do in your life and you feel like I would do that, but I don't have the limitless energy that this person seems to have, 
or I don't have the limited financial resources that this person seems to have or the um, unlimited time that this person seems to have, consider that they're actually sacrificing, right? Maybe they're sacrificing something that they would like to be spending money on, but they're not spending money on that because they're spending it on the thing that they're investing in right now. Or consider that they are sacrificing a little bit of rest for a temporary season in order to get to where they want to go. And so just kind of keep that in mind that we don't see the back end, right? Like if you see someone doing something that you want to do and you think, well, they just have boundless energy, remember that you're not seeing them at the end of the day tired. You're not seeing them kind of pushing through the discomfort of doing more than they feel like they're capable of doing because they have an outcome in mind. Now for type six, type sixes may envy perceived certainty and confidence. So kind of seeing people make decisions and have kind of look like they are completely sure, completely certain, entering into it with confidence and ease. Sixes may feel like, I wish I could have that. If I only have that, then I would do the things that I want to do. Now, in order to kind of build this sense of certainty, because I want to be clear, clarity can come, but certainty doesn't exist, right? When it, Especially when it comes to like, things that are subjective, there's no sense of true certainty, but there can be some clarity. And clarity comes through self-trust and building your self-trust muscles. So for six, you might need to start that small with like little things. You know, what am I gonna do today? What would I do if I could do anything I wanted to do and there were no negative consequences? And then kind of take some steps in that direction. You know, limit your feedback. A lot of sixes will go to multiple people for feedback. Maybe that's Google, maybe that's friends and family, maybe it's a combination of the two. And the building of certainty comes from really listening to your intuition, tapping into your gut, and asking yourself when the low stake things what you want, what you need, what would feel good to you so that you can build that muscle and then when the stakes get higher, you've already done the work. For type seven, type sevens may envy other people's freedom or lack of limitations. You know, seeing other people traveling full time or people who seem to not be, you know, tied down to a job or a nine to five or a specific office or a specific location, a specific way of doing things, even a specific relationship, like kind of having this sense of like, they look so free and limitless. And the tip here for our sevens is to honor your limitations as choices by reminding yourself why you've chosen them. So when you think about like what's holding you back from kind of living this limitless life, consider that you've chosen those things and you've chosen them for a reason. And then to can kind of continue to tap in to why you've made that decision so that you can remember it when you see people who are living these very free, very open lives and, and remind yourself why that's not the path that you have chosen for yourself and let yourself sit in that with integrity. For type eight, type eights may envy other people's lack of responsibility or even their ability to be taken care of. So some eights, depending on like where you're at in your journey, the idea of someone taking care of you doesn't sound appealing, but I know that there are some eights who have kind of gotten to that point of softness and, and vulnerability where they're willing to say, yeah, I kind of do wish someone would take care of me. So I just want to be clear that I know that that could be like a little bit of a triggering phrase, but bear with me through it. It's 
absorb responsibility, right? They kind of, if a situation needs a leader, they've taken it on. They are always the strong, they're always strong enough. They're always capable. They're always willing. And because of that, there's almost this sense of consistent responsibility, consistent ownership of other people's needs, other people's problems, everything in their general vicinity. And there's not a lot of time when you lead with strength, there's not a lot of time where people get to see you well enough to know that you have need and that you also need to be taken care of and met with softness. So with that being said, a tip to consider is just Consider all that you are holding, right? Just, I honestly suggest making a legitimate list, writing down every single thing that you're responsible for, every single thing that's like under your umbrella and look at that and ask yourself, what can be put down here? What can I release? What can I automate? And what can I delegate? Like what is actually mine to hold? And then what can I let go of? And additionally, ask for what you need. Ask directly, ask in a timely manner before you're frustrated about it. Just be really upfront. I know a lot of eights are really good at this. They're like amazing delegators, but then I know other eights who are responsibility hoarders who need a little bit of permission to say, hey, maybe this is something you could take on for me. And it doesn't mean that you're not strong enough to hold it all. It just means that you are human like the rest of us. And for type nines, type nines may envy other people's clarity or seeming ease in their relationship. So this is kind of twofold. So other people's clarity around what they want, where they're going, what they like, who they want to be in the world. Our type nines can kind of see other people doing that and think that it's like something that they can't have. Another place of envy here is other people seeming ease in a relationship. Like, oh, they must have it so easy. It must be so peaceful for them. Their relationship must be like really, really chill. And I just want my relationship to be really, really chill. Now, a tip here for clarity is to date yourself and really intentionally take yourself out Get to know yourself, ask yourself really good questions, journal. If you don't like to journal, maybe talk out loud to yourself, make a list, even works just fine. But just date yourself. Ask yourself the questions you would ask someone if you were on a date with them. Give yourself the priority in your life aside from the people that you're connected to so that you can have the clarity that you are craving. And then again, I wanna just say, remember that all relationships suck. <laughs> Like all relationships are great. And also all relationships have conflict. All relationships have egos that have to be worked through. It's totally normal for partners to have preferences and opinions and things they want to talk to you about, things that they're unhappy with you about, things that they need to work through. They're going to have arguments and disruption. That's a very normal thing. So when your relationship experiences that, don't assume that other people's aren't because they most of the time are. And so all relationships suck. I think that's like the most fun way for me to say it. All right, friends, I hope that this is fun. This is kind of just my guess and what I've seen in my DMs and my work with other people, but I'm curious about you. Let's try and have a conversation about this on Instagram today. If you want to visit my stories and share your experience with envy and any lessons that you have learned over the time. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Thank you.